Hey everybody, thanks for getting on with us, KBN Live After Hours. Uh, we've got a couple special guests with us tonight. Uh, David Cottrell is sitting in for Shane with his Alabama banner in the background. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we've got Ryan down there in the corner. Ryan, you want to introduce our, our special guest for the night? Yeah, our, our headliner is Mr. Luther Cyphers, the mastermind behind Yak Attack and most recently Bonafide. All right, Luke, What's up, guys? jumping on. I was still waiting for you to introduce a special guest. I thought that I was the regular guest. You are. Right. David's real special, though. I'm, spe I'm special in more ways than one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to feel special here for the next few minutes anyway. <laughs> where uh, where are you, Luther? It looks like you, you're out under the moonlight or something, maybe. Actually, you're about exactly right. There's a, let's see, there's a moonlight, full moon. There's a power big tall power tower beside me and and uh some street lights but yeah I'm, I'm down here in south carolina just got done with the guys the bonafide factory team we had a little hangout tonight and jumping on with you guys appreciate it man well uh we announced you were coming on a couple days ago and from the from the crowd from the group we had some folks line up a bunch of questions uh for you uh before i get into that ryan or david you got anything for luther, luther there so I, I do have a question like so what what was it that kind of kind of got you motivated to uh to you know start your own kayak brand what what brought that on Man, it, it started a few years ago with just, you know, Yak Attack customers, people that mostly the, I, I'd say the customers have been around from the beginning that kind of wanted to know if we built a boat, you know, what, what would it be? You know, what, what could we do with that? And for a long time, we kind of wanted to stay in our lane with the accessory thing, but you know, we're in a changing industry where things are always moving and shifting. And, you know, we saw that if we wanted to keep them employing more Americans and doing more things, we had to get out, get outside of that lane a little bit. And we saw a pretty significant opportunity on the kayak side. I mean, it, I think we're in an industry that's full of innovation. I have the utmost respect for the, you know, the, the, the companies that, that are, you know, cutting the path, so to speak. You know, and, and we all know who they are. It's the, you know, it's the, the Hobies, the Old Towns, the, the Jacksons, the Native Watercrafts, the the New Canoes, you know, and then there's too many to mention, but the, the companies that are really doing cool stuff. And we felt like we could be another, I'd say another item on that premium menu. Um, not, not, not a replacement dish, but just another flavor. Um, and I think we're in a place in this industry where it's growing and whether we want it to or not. And, and I think a lot of us do. And then there, there's some that do less, but it's going to grow. We've got to, you know, we've got to feed that growth and we'd like to feed that with, you know, boats that are being made in the United States, people that are respectful of, you know, the other brands that are out there. And, you know, we thought we could find a place in all that. So, so kind of relating to that, I, I know, you know, as of yet, there's, there's been no uh, kind of move toward a drive. Is that something that, 
that, I mean, obviously you can't spill the beans too much, but is that something that, you know, is on your, your near radar or are you mm -hmm. trying to just to stick with the, the traditional paddle boat game or maybe motor integration? What's your, I mean, there are, there are, there are some, you know, I mean, we already offer good platforms for paddle drives. Um, Bending Branches makes a good aftermarket kit for our paddle drive. Warner makes a good aftermarket kit for our paddle drive. <laughs> you know, if you're going from the arms to the legs, yeah, you know, look, from day one, we've had that question. Everybody looks at the big old hole in the middle of the SS series, and they're convinced that it's not for the big side scan transducers, but it's for, uh, you know, it, it's for a, a, some kind of a pedal drive or some kind of a alternate thing. And it's not. I mean, I, I've, it's funny. I, there, there's one rumor that won't go away no matter how many times you squash it, and that's it. There's a drive coming for the SS series. If there was, it would be a sheer coincidence, but that's not what it was designed for. I mean, it was designed for, you know, big transducers and just to give you good good access through the hole there. Um, would we do a pedal drive? Again, I mean, I think we're very respectful of the menu that's out there now. If there's a place that we can add a new flavor, I think we would do that. Um, you know, if we've got to have, you know, Chick-fil-A just versus Chick-fil-A, we probably wouldn't do that. You know, that's not the reputation. That's not what we want to do. Um, you know, it, for me, the, I see me, but I mean, my whole team, I mean, the, the, our thrust and our mission has to do with a lot more than just making stuff. You know, we want to create American jobs and opportunity and, you know, manufacturing is very important to us. If we can do something that complements that, then yeah, we would do it. If we're going to do something that just takes one piece of the pie and, you know, takes it from somebody else and transfers it to our plate. Well, I'm not sure that's a net net win for, you know, for our, our bigger deal here that, that we're all part of. So, um, so you're not saying it's not something you're firmly against, you know, it's not something. That's no, absolutely not. Look, one of, one of our initiatives and some, some people have seen it and some of my recent Facebook posts is proud to paddle. And I think what, what made kayak fishing great is paddle. I mean, the simplicity of taking a little boat and a paddle and hopefully a PFD and getting the spots that you, you know, wish you could get to when you're fishing from the bank or from the, the pier or, or, or even from somebody else's boat. And, you know, having that independence to go out there and do your own thing, that that's what made kayak fishing great. With that said, I look, I started in a pedal drive and, and arguably in my opinion, the best pedal drive to date that's ever been made probably is the Hobie Outback. Um, that might be a, you know, <laughs> bold statement. There's all kinds of opinions out there, but this is a really, really good boat. That's what I started in. And I know the advantages of the pedal drive. I also know that there are advantages to a rifle, but I love to bow hunt. You know what I mean? There's a challenge. And is it all about the advantage? Well, it's funny. I hear people say, well, why don't you just get a John boat? It's like, well, brother, maybe it's about the experience. Maybe it's not about having the biggest weapon or the most advantages or, you know, maybe it's about me versus my environment. You know, maybe it's about something other than, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. 
you know, and not to say that paddle drives are, but they are an advantage. I respect the advantage completely and their environments that it's kind of hard to beat that advantage. You know, I kind of have a very healthy respect for all of it. You know, that's kind of, I guess that's a roundabout way of saying there's no bias on our side about it. We don't have a pedal drive today because so far we, you know, we don't feel like we have something that we can add to the menu. Um, will we eventually? I think it'd be unwise to count us out. Hey, but Luther, can I, I jump in there and ask you something? I don't know. I will say this. If we've got to just do another of something, you know, I think we're going to continue just to be proud of the paddle. Hey, can I jump in and ask you a question? Um, sure. Uh, Dave Lefebvre won that tournament up on, uh, what was that, St. Clair or Lake Erie? One of those lakes up there. Um, yeah. He yeah. was in a bona fide. Did that have a motor on it, or was he just paddling that? I think he had a motor on that boat. He did? I wasn't sure. Yeah, but I, look, I, and I heard, <laughs> I heard every side of that deal. What was funny for me from the outside looking in um, – Look, I'm, I'm not even even remotely the the angler that most of the guys that are that are in the top tier of the bass fishing scene are today. And what was so funny, as an and I will truly say, an outsider, I would never put myself in the class of the people who are competing at that level in KBF. Is I feel like in some ways a lot of the guys who complained about that they shortchanged themselves. True. Let's face it, guys. We have some of the best bag, bass anglers in the entire country fishing out of kayaks. You know, they, let's own that. I mean, for crying out loud, let's own that. You know, so some of the biggest bass that are being caught on a daily basis are out of kayaks by some of the most, you know, some of the guys who have accepted the, the you call it whatever you want, limitations or whatever the disadvantages of fishing out of a smaller craft it's not as fast it's not as easy to get from point a to point b but they're catching some of the biggest bass in the country you know it was funny to watch that because on my from where i sit is if you take those guys and you put them in the exact same you know watercraft you put them in the exact same conditions as the best bass anglers you know in 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 the country that are fishing you know, any of the other circuits they would they, they would be competitive i mean they I would be competitive that. and it, it was funny for me to watch that and be like guys you're shortchanging yourself why is a professional guy compete what do you think you are we I have professional that. guys fishing out of kayaks let's accept that the professional you know, they, level they've chosen the a different craft yeah that the, does have more challenges what, what does that do? That hones your skill, man. You gotta, you gotta, you've got to learn to fish the spot you're in. You can, your range is more limited. You've got, you know, I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm a homeschool dropout guy, right? You know, go into engineering. I'm a mutt. You know, nobody, you know, never got the respect of the guys that I was working with for years. And I kind of look at this whole thing and I see the same thing. Disadvantages doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be competing. Did I ever look at the guy across from me and say, you got a master's degree. Why are you sitting next to me? 
no, I never felt that way at all. I said, let's go toe-to-toe, brother. That makes I respect sense. you. You respect me. Let's go toe-to-toe. And yeah. I think we have good enough bass anglers in kayak fishing that that's what the feeling should be. Definitely. And from a talent perspective, I would agree there's a, there's quality up and down the kayak angler ranks uh, as much as as any local or, or uh, regional professional bass boat uh, tournament scene. I mean, these kayak anglers can fish. Now, they're not professional from the income level, but from a talent perspective, I definitely agree with you. 100%. Uh, you already kept uh, on social media earlier in the week. People wanted to ask about pedals. They wanted to ask about rudders on the bona fide, uh, but you've kind of already covered all that. So, um, anything, David, Ryan, you want to add or ask uh, Luther? Do you think you'll ever get to the point in the kayak manufacturing side where you want to be an FLW tour angler? <laughs> As an individual? <laughs> yeah yeah look there there are I, i've spent the last month hiring some pretty high level people to to lead operations at, at yak attack and at bonafide i know my limitations i know what i can do and what i can't do i'm very comfortable in those lanes um you know i i can I can fill in the gaps to make the companies that I run much, much better companies than I, I, I could ever make them alone. Do I think I have something to offer on on that front? No. If there That's is a good. burning passion for it, I'd like to think I could compete with the best of them. But I, look, my favorite hobby is working. My favorite hobby is creating environments and opportunities that were instrumental for me and my life and that's that's the burning passion that you know that that's white hot down on the bottom of my soul and that's that's the thing that i get that gets me up in the morning that gets me super motivated to go to work every day i love all of the rest of it i love to watch it i love to observe it do i think i have the same passion and the same skills and the same drive and the same you know all the stuff that makes the guys who are doing this at the highest level tick? No, no, I don't. So Scott asked a question. He said, uh, getting into the sub $1,000 kayak market, why is that important? Really? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> uh, that's probably that's a better question than, than uh, most, most people realize, especially as it relates to what we're trying to accomplish here is, you know, I, I think we've got an industry that it's been built on, uh, you know, the, the, there's a there's a handful of brands. There's six or seven brands that have that have really built this industry. Um, you know, I, I look at the way that distribution works in the kayak space and I look at the way the price points work in the kayak space. And I think a lot of the growth of the industry is being absorbed in some cases by companies that aren't contributing um, tremendously to the, the, the innovation or, you know, in, in a lot of cases it's, you know, we come in and we capitalize on what the work that's been done by the, the companies that have really laid the foundation. I would like to see the boats that are being sold in that price tier being made by people who work in the market that they're selling to, you know, I, 
I, I, lo- I love the idea of people in, you know, other countries, in the United States, an export market, they innovate in their country, they create brands in their countries and they export to the United States. And it's a great thing. I mean, the, the worldwide economy is a wonderful thing. But when American companies take American innovations and send them to, you know, other countries and get them made cheaper and bring them back over here, and, and sell them and sell them at a price point at low margins and high volume and cannibalized industry. I don't think that's good for us. I don't think that's good for Americans. I don't think it's good for our industry. I don't think it's good for anything. So a lot of people will hate me for saying that and that's okay, but that's what I believe. So I want, I love to see, not only was I happy to see that we were able to bring a 999 price point boat, I've been really happy to see there are other people who have done the same. You know, Jackson came in with a super great price point boat. Um, you know, New Canoe did it last year. There's a number of companies that have, you know, uh, Old Town did it this year. You know, and, and look, we're the newcomers, right? These other guys, I totally respect because they're the ones in a lot of cases that have built this industry. Um, I'm, ha- I'm proud that we didn't find our place by treading on top of them and, you know, kind of building on their, you know, intellectual property or their designs or whatever. I think we've been, I think we've done it about as uniquely as you could possibly do it in this space. Um, But I want to see, I like to see the consumer that's being asked to buy the product being good enough to pay a living wage make the product and i'm very passionate about that and whatever you know benefits or consequences are associated with that i'm gonna carry that to the very end nice outstanding well let's uh jump on down here and and get you guys to comment on this this will kind of play into what luther mentioned earlier Uh, i'm gonna throw up a couple social media posts from uh earlier in the week i made one chase made one they were supposed to be kind of funny but it talked about, um, you know, if you won the Mega Millions, would you still kayak fish? And then Chase mentioned, uh, what do you guys do for a living out there that kayak fish? And the, and the reason I wanted to bring both of those up is Luther mentioned earlier, most people that do this in the, in, in the tournament realm, especially, they choose to. They don't have to. Uh, there's a lot of highly successful folks out there that can afford bass boats if they wanted them. A lot of guys came from the bass boat world. Um, so what were your guys thoughts on those two posts and, and the general vibe of this isn't something people do because they have to, they want to. Yeah. I mean, I think if I hit the, uh, jackpot, I'd still kayak fish. I mean, I obviously don't do it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) I need to start doing it this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I enjoy it just like I did before I started tournament fishing. I mean, I fished all the time before I started, you know, kayak fishing out of a boat. And uh, just a lot better to do without having all that money. So what you think? What you think, Ryan? Uh, this year, I mean, I, I I wanted to see kind of what it was like on the other side, so – I fished as a co-angler with one of my buddies in our local bass boat trail. And honestly, I, I just, I don't like this, 
the style of running gun power fishing all the time i i fish a lot better out of a kayak and i can slow down and really pay attention so uh i mean for me i, I would keep doing kayak fishing no matter what same uh you know i i enjoy it i prefer it over being in the bass boat now even though i enjoy fishing with my father-in-law whoever else that may want to go out in the boat but uh i prefer the kayak and i prefer you know a man-powered kayak but that's a that's a conversation for another day uh, that we've had a million times so uh going on tournament news the trail championship this week coming up uh, any david are you going to that Yep. I'm there? actually leaving in about two hours. I'm going to head out of here, drive straight through the night, try to get there about 6.30 in the morning and start pre-fishing at least one day. With no sleep? Yeah. I work shift work, so I'm okay. used to no sleep. Ryan, you're not going to that. Dude, that's how you turn it. That's right there is how you turn a weekend into an adventure. Good yeah. to you, man. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not going. I've got my daughter this weekend, so we're gonna hang around the house and spend some family time. Nice. Now, are any of you guys going to the tournament of champions next week? I'm not. David, no. What's that? Tournament of champions next week? No. No, I'm not going. Okay. Just you, Jeff. You can hold it down. Yeah, there'll be a quite a quite a few people there. It should be a good one. And actually, we're trying to we're going to try to go live from down there next week, so that should be a good time. Um, I got your last name next on the list over there, Ryan. But it's really about some things you have to say. But it's actually about another Lambert. Uh, if you want to comment on a vid that you put up today. Yeah. So uh, I was in Nashville. I guess it's been about a month, a month and a half ago, and happened to be wearing a hog farmer bait company shirt when I was out at my favorite little watering hole. This guy comes up and grabs me and turns out it was Jason Lambert. So we hung out and exchanged numbers. We've been talking back and forth for a while. And he said he wanted to get some kayaks. So uh, today he called and asked if, if we could go pick some up. So we went and got he and his wife uh, a Titan 12 and an FX 13 propel. So he's, he's excited to try it out. And that the way the MLF is structured this year, he's actually going to have off days like in between fishing days that he can get out and kind of use those while he's on the road. So we'll see what kind of content we can get generated from that. It seems like That's every awesome, company's man. got a couple of pros jumping in there now. I mean, obviously we talked about Luther, you got Dave, uh, Lefebvre in there with Bonafide, any more in there? I mean, that, that's, that's all we have, but look, how can you not? You know, to me, I, I've been bow hunting since I was 14 years old. And to me, this is bow hunting in the 1990s. You know, you, you get a taste of it and you might go back to the rifle during rifle season. You know, you might go back to the advantage, but you can't ever let go of it. You know, it's something different. And, and the experience of catching a, I, I'd love to speak to the experience of catching a 10 pound bass. I'm not going to go there, but uh, because I can't. But, you know what I mean, the experience of, of, of doing the same thing with a more primitive weapon, you know, with, with less advantages, you just can't replace it. I mean, it's something that I think is part of who we are. It's part of how we've, you know, developed over the years. And there's a, there's a primal thing about kayak fishing that you just can't replace with anything else. I, I think it's the same, you know, it's the exact same thing with bow hunting. So, 
to me, it's a natural progression. It's going to continue. It's going to continue. It's, it's only going to get more and more. And it's not going to be, I hear a lot of people say, well, there, eventually there's going to be more money. It's not about the money. You know, eventually there's going to be more challenge. Eventually there's going to be that higher sense of accomplishment. Eventually people are going to be exposed to it and they won't be able to let go of it because kayak fishing is that. It's just something special. Something that Jason brought up was, you know, he was interested in getting into it because he felt like a lot of the guys that are new coming into kayak fishing may not have any idea who these MLF, FLW, BASS anglers are. So from their standpoint, that's exposing them to a whole new kind of market share of people, you know, to help build their brand and kind of, you know, influence their future as far as sponsor relationships goes. Yeah, probably so. Yep. Now that makes t total sense. But I'll bet you a, d a dollar to a donut that once he gets into it, there's going to be something very personal about it that regardless of all of that, he'll just never be able to get away from. How many people do you know that have loved fishing their whole life that have kite fished that are able to get away from it? There's not many. Not many. There's a few. I've met a few, but there's not many. So Scott asked a question. He said, Luther, what's the next big Yak Attack product that you're excited about? Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> so we spent the last two days going over this, and I can't – I mean, obviously, I can't get into it, but I, I will tell you now some of the most industry-influencing products are coming in the next 12 months that we've ever done. I mean, the lock and load system, what, what happened with the Omega rod holder and the lock and load system took us all by complete surprise. I mean, we knew we, we knew we had something pretty good. I mean, we went, I don't know how many people know the story, but we went to ICAST last year with something. Our dealers showed up and they saw it and they said, guys, this kind of sucks. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to fix it. And they were like, okay, we have faith in you. And then we got back and we fixed it. We dialed in the tool and we did everything we could do and it still sucked. So we took all the tooling, we threw it in the trash, and we started over, and we ended up with this lock and load system. And at that point, it was like, look, we, we've already missed our deadlines. Let's just, we can't, we can't compromise at all. And we spent an extra month or two just breaking stuff and fixing and breaking stuff and fixing and modifying and fixing and breaking stuff. And we ended up with something that, you know, I, I think a lot of people know that the the Zuka tube in its, in its day was, you know, it, it was the rod holder that is particularly in the bass fishing side, but in, in a lot of kite fishing, I, I would argue it's, if not the best selling, definitely one of the best selling rod holders in the sport, the Omega, we launched it in January. A lot of people don't know this either. We pulled some product back because we found a pinch point. Um, we really shipped it mid to late February of this year and between then and now that thing has done twice what the zuka tube ever did hmm. um and it's a, it's the mounting system it's the universal nature of the omega rod holder so we're going to build on that there are more products coming that are going to build on that system we know we've got something really good but we've also got there are some things on the board right now that transcend what anybody's ever seen from us um Probably not that much mystery to it. A lot of people have asked for some of these products from us. But, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting next 12 months. I'll, I'll tell you that. 
Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, so done the accessories. Now you're doing the kayak company. That's kind of the jam now, right? Like, no, no. We, we've, there's a reason we've respected Yak Attack's identity is because I, I love that brand. You know, Yak Attack is something special. You know, and I don't ever want Yak Attack to become beholden to any particular kayak brand or any other identity than the identity that it created in this sport. Um, we, <laughs> Yak Attack's a little engine that just always can and always will. And this next 12 months, I think we're going to see some really cool stuff from it. Anything that might hold the camera up? I would expect to see something that will hold the camera up. Perfect. The only thing I will say is it might hold a camera better than anything you've ever seen before. Let's just put it out there. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Good versatility. All the stuff that matters, you know, and I, I think that's what we have a history of doing. Um, again, I mentioned earlier about knowing your weaknesses and knowing your strengths. Um, it, it's been very humbling for me as somebody who's been, you know, considered in this sport to be a designer of products and somebody who builds great products. I found that if, if I put requirements out there that I can see in my head, but I may not be able to execute in a design, you know, I've, I've, there's a couple of people we've got on staff now that can make those a reality something we've never been able to do before um so the, the scale of what you can accomplish with the right team and the right talent has been pretty phenomenal and i think like i said i think the lock and load system is a good manifestation of that i tried to almost two years to solve that um never fully solved the geometry you know the, the guy dan newman who's doing most of our product design now uh he solved it uh and yeah, <laughs> you add talent to a you know good vision and a and a good team of people that can support it, and it's amazing what can happen. So, I'm really really stoked about that whole team that's coming. There's a couple questions from the crowd here. Uh, one, again, Scott, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Asked what Luther, what is your go-to lure and why? And then uh, Derek Aiken asked for any updates on the Yak Attack tournament. Go to lure and why? I mean, are we talking about freshwater, saltwater? If I had to choose one for all of the above forever, I guess that'd be a short and simple answer on that one. Yeah, yeah, it would be a. I mean, for the most versatile across all the boards in every environment, it would, it would probably be a four inch swimming mullet on a you know quarter ounce jig head, something like that, in white. Yeah, um, it's something I've caught fishing on, no matter what small fish to big fish salt fresh what was the second one and what any announcements on the yak attack tournament yeah well john just put out a press release that on the dates and stuff it's it's going to be as always um armed forces day weekend so the weekend right before armed forces or right after armed forces day um it's somewhere around may 19th ish uh, the only thing I would say about the Act Attack tournament is if you've always wanted to go and never have, we had a lot of people last, or if you have been and want to go again, there are a lot of people last year that got disappointed because we announced it and within 24 hours it had sold out. The venue that we're using, we can only support a couple hundred anglers. So we have to, we have, we really have no choice but to, to limit the tickets. 
So this year we expect it's probably going to sell out within a few hours, uh, way less than 24. So the press release is out there. It's on the Axpex site. When the tickets are going to go on sale, um, when the opportunity comes up to get them, go get them. Awesome. You know, and, and the, the, the beauty of that tournament, the thing that's just, it's such a feel good experience there. Number one, everything that you can win is, is, uh, you know, it's, it's bragging rights. It's fun. It's, it's, it's cool stuff, but everything that's got a lot of monetary value attached to it, it's all raffled. I mean, th- this tournament is not about, look, I'm a competitive guy. I love competition and I love being part of KPF and watching what happens over there and all the other series that are out there. And I, I absolutely love that. But a yak attack, that's not what it's about. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Like I said, I love it. But we wanted a tournament that's about, it's about fundraising. It's about what has always made the sport great is just different people coming together and sharing information and have a good time together. So we've done everything we can to make that tournament about the camaraderie, the fellowship, the, you know, the, the, the Southern hospitality when you come down to you know virginia and, and the guys who you're fishing with or or who you're camping with are telling you where to fish instead of you know being tight looked in their little you know circles so that that's what this thing is all about and it's a it, it truly is if you've never been it's a once in a lifetime experience if you have been you already know that um if you want to go sign up quickly nothing breaks my heart more than the the week or two after the tournament when people call and say, hey, man, I've been there six years out of the last 10, and I missed it by a minute. And I'm like, shoot, man, we'd love to figure out how to get you in there, but we, we do have very limited space. If you want to get in there, be just be ready. All that being said, I think my buddy Steve Owens is going back-to-back. I think he's going to win it again. Nice. Looks like Dave's <laughs> lost somebody over there. Sleeping right on him. That's interesting. <laughs> um, any questions from the from the crowd there? You see anything, Ryan? Uh, Luther, what's next? How do you bridge mental thoughts to executable milestones? So I guess kind of what is your developmental process? How do you know? And you and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago. But what what really sets that light bulb off to to you saying, okay, this is this is something that's going to stick, and you know. It turns from an idea into a product. I, I, I think there are two major components of that. And one is if we're professionals of anything as being professional, ordinary people. So one thing that I think that we have that, that sets us apart from, you know, bigger companies or more, you know, more company companies is that if it's cool to us, it's going to be cool to our customers because we are a customer in a lot of ways. Uh, I think that's a critical component. I mentioned Dan Newman a little while ago. You know, Dan is an avid, avid fly fisherman. You know, he's been a very high-level designer, engineer for a number of years. Dan worked Orvis at Orvis part-time because there's nothing more fun to him than than working with people on on you know stuff that relates to fishing. So that's the kind of people that we have working in in both companies. Um, so if it's fun. The customers are going to love it. There is no better job than that. Uh, I think that's a big part of it. But the other part is just being surrounded, like I said, by the right people. 
if you can build the best product in the world and you can create the customer experience that, that matters and that's relevant in the market space, but you can't support it, you can't ship it, you can't treat your dealers right, you can't treat your customers right, you can't follow up with good customer service, then you're stuck in the water once again. And on the Yak Attack side, a lot of consumers may not know the name, but I can guarantee you every single one of our dealers knows the name Kim Smith. You know, Kim was somebody that we hired a few years ago, and I was in the bubble. Like, I don't know if we have a spot for you, but you seem like kind of a really cool fit for us. And Kim came on board. She manages customer service now. She does a lot of our inside sales now. I've never had more calls from dealers than to thank me for the presence. I literally had, for the first year, I literally had probably five or six dealers call me and say, thank you for hiring Kim. Like, she's the best. You know, and that, that's what makes our team go around. You got the John Hipsters, the Kim Smith, the Hans Newts, the Kelly Wolseys, the, you know, the Matt Monterulis, all of the people that make it all go around. If you can complete a consumer experience and you can follow up that people that care so much about the customer that they just can't screw it up, then you're good. People that make it all go around. little technical glitch there we're back up and running um, sorry about that guys uh, running a little long in the uh, in the tooth here there's one more question on here for uh, Luther and that was what what led you to do to jump into the uh, uh, sit inside market with Bonafide? Hey, are you guys there? Yeah, man. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was rambling on. I'm not sure where I got disconnected. You're good. So so Jeff said there's one more question, and it was what has what led Bonafide to get into the sit-in side market? Well, it's a couple of things, man. On the on the fishing side, in my view, and this is one of those, you know, I th I think to be if you're going to attempt to lead, you have to, sometimes you have to, you literally have to ignore what's around you. And I look around at the, the advantage of the sit inside kayak. And I don't feel like, I feel like it's been executed well before. I think it's been executed well a couple of times, but I don't think it's ever been communicated to the kayak angler in a way that they can fully appreciate it. I mean, when you remove a significant amount of the plastic, you get something that's super portable, super durable, um, that you can kind of beat around, you know, the grab and go kind of throw it on your roof kind of boat. And I've experienced those boats. I've truly appreciated those boats. Like I said, I think it's been really, uh, really well done a couple of different times. Again, do I think we can add a new flavor to the menu? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a big part of the reason that we're doing it. 
the other thing is there's there's a percentage of the market in in the country that is still very much a sit inside uh it's a sit inside market you know particularly in the north so um you know we're not here just to be a very very narrow slice of the kayak fishing or the or the paddling pie we want to we're we're here to be a brand that's a you know that's a paddle sports force and we want to serve all those customers so i think there is an advantage to a lot of customers that may not realize it and look they may not adopt it they may say you guys are wrong i don't want that that's okay that's okay we're okay with that um but i do know that there are some serious tactical advantages um we want to build the right boat we want to communicate the right way and we want to let the chips fall where they may on that side and then for the customers that already prefer the sit inside that want to sit inside i think we're going to build something that's got a stability to performance balance that they've never experienced before um that's got features the same thing that that you know we've tried to do in kayak fishing if we can bring that to wreck where you say we actually have we actually have features um that are specifically for the thing that you're doing out on the water we think we can do that really well and we do think we can add something to the to the menu there as well so <laughs> the short answer it's a little bit of a it's a fun project it's a gamble it's a let's see if we are right about what we can add to this you know to this equation and i think there are some real tactical advantages but at the end of the day we'll we'll see i'm i'm and i'm comfortable with that okay well, I don't think there's much more out there. We've been on here for a while. Uh, I want to thank David for jumping on with us and Luther for coming in tonight. I know you're you're out there, busy guy. I, I think we could listen to you all night. It sounds like you know you built an amazing company. You got a lot of good uh, advice and a lot of things that you guys have done that that you know we could probably listen to for a while. I appreciate it, man. I, I, it's been cool to see what you guys have done with this format. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a follower. So it. It's, it's an honor to be on here tonight, and I really appreciate it. Appreciate you, sir. Uh, and, and next week, I'm going to be down at Lake Fork for the TOC. We'd love to see a bunch of you guys watching. Join me out there. I'm going to try to go live with Ryan, and hopefully Shane will be back. Where did you say Shane was, Ryan? <laughs> He's in some secret honey hole outside Chattanooga doing some late-night fishing, I think. He may be uh -huh. catfishing. I don't know. Uh -huh. We'll have to check it out on that. Gotcha. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for watching, and uh, we'll jump back on here next week. It'll probably be Thursday night next week. Uh, and thanks again to Luther and to David. Mm -hmm.